Hello, and welcome back to Deviant Little Darlings. I'm Katie. And I'm Olivia. And if you love hearing stories about all things taboo, scandalous, and out of this world, you are in the right place. So, welcome everybody. (laughs) I know we were not here last week. We had some, not we, I had some... (laughs) technical difficulties but unfortunately. understandable technical difficulties so yeah i it have happens. no idea well i have no idea what happened because the day we were supposed to record i just opened up my laptop you know for the first time that day and it was like your hard drive disk has failed you need to reinstall your operating system like nothing That's was so working brutal and so yeah my my laptop is in the hospital right now and I'm using um, a Surface tablet to do this recording and a whole new software. So I have no idea how this will turn out. Hopefully, if you're listening to it, that means that it didn't turn out horribly and we're actually posting it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited. We're branching out with our technology. So, you know, we can yeah. only get better, right? <laughs> um, questionably. <laughs> questionably, yeah. I mean, I would say it's all up from here, but you never know. You're right. We'll we'll just see where it takes us. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. This reminds me of when we first recorded episode one, um, before we had these awesome microphones. We tried to record it with like our Apple headphone microphones and using voice memos on our computers. So we've come a long way since then. We really have. And I think that's a fact that probably most people don't know is that we actually re-recorded episode one. So we yeah. did it a whole time through and then we were like, this was not up to par. <laughs> this is not it. So we re-recorded. I'm actually sad. I'm happy we, re- we re-recorded it because like the audio quality was much better the second time. But I <laughs> loved that first episode because our reactions were so authentic and like our jokes were just like nailing it. And then... I know. We had to try to recreate like, oh, the surprise when you say a part of your story. (laughs) Right, right. Came off a little weird, but. Yeah. So if you're ever wondering why episode one is kind of, the stories are good. The delivery is like, not necessarily our best. uh, That's why. (laughs) Well, I mean, come on, you guys. It's it's our first episode. True. Can't be too hard on us. It probably would have been that bad anyways. You're right. uh, But it's okay. (laughs) We had fun. We did. And we're still having fun. It was funny because we were saying it's been two weeks since we recorded, but we missed it so much. I know. It felt felt like forever. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, are you ready? Not going to make you wait any longer. So today I am telling you a story. It's one of my favorite stories because it's really insane, very true, and highly disturbing. (gasps) This is the story of radium girls what okay i'm not even gonna give you any intro i'm just gonna go into it i can't wait so in 1917 work for women was not always super easy to come by um but at the time there was actually more women in the workforce than ever because beginning of world war one kind of kicked off around 1914 all the men were gone and factories you know needed workers Um, so women started taking up factory jobs that were deemed suitable for ladies. Um, and a very popular job at the time was to become a dial painter with an American corporation called Radium Luminous Materials Corporation. Like a, like a twisty dial? Yeah. 
So I'll explain it in a second, but essentially this corporation had three factories across the U.S., one in New Jersey, Illinois, and Connecticut, and then there was just a bunch of different companies basically all doing the same thing. So a dial painter, what is it you might ask, <laughs> as you did already ask? Yes. <laughs> um, so dial painters were women who were instructed to paint the tiny little hands on watches in dials for military usage um, oh. with a harmless self-luminous paint. So it's like, mm. you know how when you were a kid and you had that watch that like the screen, like a digital watch, it would glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. So before that, obviously it wasn't digital. So they had to make it glow in the dark. So these women would hand paint the tiny little watch hands and different dials for military devices so that they could operate them at night. Sounds suspicious that they come out and say, this is a harmless paint, you know? Yes. Oh, harmless, (laughs) self-luminous. Oh, God. Well... Um, As the name of the company suggests, this harmless glowing paint was indeed made of radium. Oh. So, this was a very elite job for poor women, and it actually paid three times more than other factory jobs. So, a lot of women were opting to paint dials rather than doing the more labor-intensive, like, heavy machinery lifting kind of work at factories. Yeah, and it probably sounds like a sweet deal for now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think at the time, like right now, after reading the story, looking back, I'm like, oh, it's so suspicious that they like paid so much for this job. But at the time, it was just like, I'm sure it attracted women who like were really independent and yeah. it made them more attractive because they had this like elite job and everything like that. So um, it was a definite like status thing. Um, But the method that these women were instructed to use while painting the dials was very important. So you see, the women had to do this job almost exclusively, like men did not do this because the painting had to be so delicate and detailed on the tiny dials Mm. um, that only the women's tiny little dainty hands could do. (laughs) And they were instructed to point the tip of the paintbrushes with their lips in between every stroke to get the finest tip possible. Um, okay, first of all, I would never do that with a regular paint, no. let alone, what is it, self-luminous paint? Self-luminous paint, yes. Hmm. So, and it's not like they just were, you know, going about their business and then one woman was like, hey, I found it's easier if you like, yeah. you know, lick it. No, they were told to do that between every single paintbrush stroke. So, over and over again, day after day, hundreds and hundreds of times a day, they're putting these tiny paintbrushes full of radium paint in their mouths. And so apparently they were told to do this because if they were to use a rag to point the paintbrushes, like, you know, make a little point out of it, it mm-hmm. would waste too much materials. So they um, ate it instead, like literally ingested this paint not so they wouldn't waste the paint but they are technically wasting it there's just no evidence of the waste i think it's like less of it comes off the paintbrush when you're licking it versus like wiping it i guess so Mm. yeah that's horrible okay so not only were these women eating little bits of this radium paint but they would also use it as like a beautiful glowing product so they would paint (gasps) their fingernails they would draw on their faces and their teeth with it because oh, it was God. like this cool thing glowing thing 
And these women actually started going by the nickname Ghost Girls, which is highly ironic, by the way. Uh-oh. Um, because after their shifts, they themselves would start to glow in the dark. So the paint particles would get all over their skin and face. And it was actually common for women to come to work in their best dresses so that when they went dancing after work, their dresses would be covered oh. in the paint and they would glow and sparkle in the night. So this just kind of adds to the whole like elite, you know, idea of the job because if you were a radium girl everyone knew because you would literally glow and be this beautiful luminous you know young woman right and i mean if you don't know better i would be like down like remember when like body glitter was like super hot and everyone wanted it like that's what i'm imagining this is like the original kkw beauty like (laughs) shimmer (laughs) body makeup (laughs) um So in 1917, a 20-year-old woman named Grace Freyer started working as a radium girl in Orange, New Jersey. So she got right to work doing the lip dip paint routine, which is what they called it. And Grace, of course, asked her supervisor if the paint was harmful, and they insisted that it wasn't dangerous in the slightest. Hmm. So this was not only untrue. But it was also a flat-out lie because since radium has been discovered in the early 1900s, it has always been known to cause harm, serious burns, and death to those who directly handled it for long periods of time. So this... That's bad. That's really bad. It's bad. bad. Really not good. Um, That was kind of going around in parts of the scientific community that essentially only the people who knew that were the people who worked for the radium companies and like... We're doing the excavating and like finding it. So they knew that. Um, But another terrifying factor in all of this was that the public did not know that at all. And in fact, they had a complete opposite perception because at the time, a small dose of radium was commonly believed to be a healthy and like good thing to put in your body, kind of like a nutritional supplement. Um, Why? (laughs) Well, I probably because of the whole like glowing and I guess I think it's like energizes you or something so they would put it in um a lot of beauty products and skincare like cosmetics for that luminous effect but then they also put it in water as like an energizer they put it in milk and toothpaste like they put it in all sorts of things at the time but in very very small doses so there were even ads like add years to your life try radium like (laughs) (laughs) okay So that's kind of what the public is dealing with. So that also kind of explains why these women are so into, you know, coating themselves in this product. Yeah. Um, And on top of all of these lies and bits of misinformation, the money that these women received for this job was so hard to resist. And it actually became like a huge booming industry for several more years. Um, However, in 1922, one of Grace's co-workers, Molly Magia, Magia? I think Magia, um, she left the factory suddenly when she got sick. At first, she only had a toothache, but once the tooth got pulled, her gums started to dissolve with ulcers, blood, and pus. Oh, God. Next, her arms and legs were in agony, and she was no longer able to walk. She visited the doctor, and he simply prescribed her aspirin. What? (laughs) Yeah, because they were like, oh... And, you know, must be in your head, must just be some muscle pain. 
you know, here's some aspirin to take your mind off of it. Next, Molly started to lose almost all of her teeth and the infection spread through her jaw, mouth, and major bones. When she went to the dentist, he poked at her jawbone gently just to inspect it, and with the touch of his fingers on the jaw, the bone snapped off. (gasps) He then proceeded to remove the jaw by simply pulling it out of her mouth with with his fingers. No surgery, no just lifted in his her mouth and pulled out her jaw. (gasps) A few days later, the exact same thing happened with her lower jawbone. So, her upper and lower jaw are now gone just fell out as molly's condition deteriorated grace and her other colleagues started to feel similar pains in their jaws feet and limbs on september 12 1922 the infection in molly spread so far in her tissues that her jugular vein started to disintegrate and she died at 5 p.m in a pool of her blood at age 24 oh my god that's so scary it is the most horrifying thing like there are pictures of some of these women too like that get are described later on and it's just insane but what's even crazier when the doctor came to determine her cause of death he called it syphilis stop yes syphilis doesn't cause um your entire bones and veins and every th- tissues to dissolve in your body i'm pretty sure <laughs> that <laughs> might not be would have heard about that <laughs> <laughs> um shortly after molly's death grace's colleagues started dropping one by one in a very similar fashion so the radium com- corporation denied any links between the women's deaths and their occupations they conducted lots of studies you know proving how healthy radium was Um, But now an outside like independent source was conducting their own study um, to figure out if like radium was a health product or if it actually was causing these harms. And they were finally able to link um, that ingesting radium was a horrific cause for these women's deaths. Uh, But the Radium Corporation did not accept this news. And once again, they funded their own research study and presented it to the Department of Labor. So their employer claimed that the women were trying to pawn off their medical bills to the company from underlying illnesses and health conditions that the company was not involved in. That's so stupid. (laughs) So sad. Um, The battle for the radium girls was um, even like grimmer than ever because as more sponsored studies came out linking radium to health benefits, it um, really worked against them because not only did they have to prove that their work was killing them, but they had to disprove the widespread belief about health benefits of radium. Yeah. So it's almost as if like suddenly a bunch of people who worked at like a skincare company, like let's just say they worked at like Kylie Cosmetics. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they came forward and saying that collagen was killing them. And, but we're all told to like eat it, drink it, wear it. Collagen is good for your skin. It's healthy. Right. So like, first of all, how do you, how can they prove that? And then how can they disprove what everyone already is being, to, is still being told, you know, is good Ugh. for them. That's, it's so uneasy it's for awful. me. It's horrible. So then in 1925, a doctor named Harrison Martland came up with a test to prove that radium was killing these women. So it was already understood, like I said, in parts of the scientific community that handling pure radium could damage you externally. And that is what the radium companies knew. Like they, scientists that worked for them knew that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but Martland showed that ingesting it hundreds of times a day, like these women were, was a thousand times worse. So <sighs> the radium built up inside the women's bodies and it emitted a constant glow from inside their bones. Ah. So yes, they were literally glowing from the inside out. Um, and this radium caused their bones to, uh, quote, honeycomb, which is essentially burning millions of little holes through their entire skeleton. That is so horrifying. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, So the radium ended up eating at Grace's spine and she had to wear a metal brace just to sit upright. And many more women's jaws started to disintegrate and fall off because that was like the point in their mouth was where most of the radium was built up. And this is so sad. Women didn't even realize how much radium was inside their body until they saw themselves glow in the dark, like in a reflection. And once they saw that they were those, quote, ghost girls, how they've been called, they knew that at that point they were doomed because radium does not leave your body. It only accumulates. And once you get to that point, there's just nothing you can do. That's so scary. I know. It's horrifying. Soon, dial painters and factories across the country started to band together to fight the radium corporation um, and demand better working conditions. So Grace Fryer led the fight in court and she had to act really fast because the statute of limitations for occupational hazards was only two years. Um, And like I said, since the radium built up inside you really slowly, women didn't even get sick until five years after they started working and they just could not get justice. That's devastating. I know. Um, in 1927, a lawyer named Raymond Barry finally accepted Grace's case. But unfortunately, at this point, Grace was only given four months to live. So time was of the essence. Again, the Radium, Radium Corporation knew this information. So they attempted to drag out the trial as long as possible so that the woman wouldn't make it to the end to testify. Oh, my God. To beat the clock, Grace and her lawyers were forced to settle Um, but it ended up being a win in Grace's mind because the idea of radium poisoning was finally headline news. So she, even though she ended up dying shortly after that, it was, she felt like she was victorious in that. Um, so now that it's kind of getting in the headlines across the country in Illinois, another radium dial company kind of caught wind of the lawsuit and they started to pay autopsies to cover up the radium-related deaths in Illinois. Uh. They were also taking out ads saying, like, if you have seen any misinformation about radium poisoning, like, it's wrong, all this kind of stuff, continuing to recruit radium girls to or dial girls to come work in the radium dial factory. So later in 1938, um, and this is, again, this is now over 20 years since Grace started working there. Like, Mm -hmm. this has been going on so long. Um, In 1938, a radium girl named Catherine Wolfe had developed a grapefruit-sized tumor in her hip, and her jaw was held to her face with a handkerchief around her head. She, Uh there was other parts in there, too. I had to cut them out. They were really gross. I didn't want to say them. Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, She started her legal battle right as the Great Depression hit and continued to give evidence and testimonies on her deathbed, even though her doctors advised against it. Catherine was finally able to win her lawsuit, which finally held the radium employers responsible for the deaths and injuries of all of the radium dial girls. 
Ultimately, this case led to the creation of Occupational Safety and Health Administration, a.k.a. OSHA, which is still in place today to protect all workers. So that's good. That is good. Um, And although this sounds like a semi-happy ending, I wanted to bring it down again with two more facts before I close (laughs) it out. So overall, in that 20 years, 112 dial painter women died. And the last one died in 2014. So this is because radium has a half-life of 1,600 years. And once it's in your body, it is forever embedded in their bones. So oh I'm assuming, God. I know, I'm assuming that the woman who died in 2014 worked, you know, at the very tail end of mm-hmm. the company's life and probably for a very short amount of time, but it's, she still had a radium related death in 2014. That's horrible. Like and so horrible. Is, that's it. That's the story that will forever haunt you. Olivia. It, oh. okay funny story when i was in elementary school we had like a ceramics class like we had ceramics instead of just like normal art i don't know why and i was for i think like in like one of the orientations for ceramics or something they talked about like lead paint and i was so yeah. terrified of lead paint even though literally there wasn't lead paint that i i don't know i just remember that being like my biggest fear about ceramics yeah. so um that I is remember, like my extra nightmare. <laughs> I remember lead paint being a huge thing when I was a kid too. Cause I think obviously everyone knew lead was bad, but then like studies came out that a lot of kids jewelry and toys were painted with lead mm. paint. So my mom would always be like, don't put you know, like your necklace <laughs> in your mouth. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. And I was like five, obviously wanting to put all of my course. toys in my mouth. Cause why wouldn't you? You're five. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, uh, that just seems so horrible and like supernatural that like your body yeah. could start glowing. Um, I know that was like the scariest part, especially because, you know, these women were glow, like they were glowing <laughs> and it was this amazing, cool thing, like so beautiful. So, right. you know, they would, they would want to glow before their special occasions and their nights out. And then they slowly actually very quickly deteriorated in an, a degree that i have never seen before or never heard before like it was no, that's horrible atrocious yeah like oh and the fact that for so many years they denied that it was like related to that yeah is tragic absolutely and they not tragic. only they not only denied it but they actively tried to cover it up they actively tried to you know silence these women and wait for their deaths like they knew they were going to die because they knew that it was killing them so they were just trying to you know push it out until they all died and they couldn't testify anymore so then they could get more women in there you know to paint the dials uh, i feel like it's so hard to think that there are actually people like that in the world but there are and they do crazy things like that crazy horrible things So if you're ever um, at a job, maybe an interview, maybe it's your first day (laughs) and they tell you to eat a harmless glowing material, maybe don't do that. Maybe say, "Mm, I'm going to call OSHA instead. (laughs) Seriously. Now you all know OSHA. (laughs) OSHA. Yeah. So we all actually benefit so much from this case. 
and from the horrible fate of these women. Um, so, and I, I had, I've had so many jobs that have paperwork related to OSHA and like, you, you know, yeah. I heard about it all the time. I had no idea that this is what founded that organization. <sighs> That's actually so terrible to think about. Like all the organizations that are in place to protect us in so many different ways like were probably created because something terrible happened oh yeah totally so anyways that was a big bummer um Uh, what story do you have katie (laughs) um mine's kind of funny not funny it's not funny at all it's not not funny okay (laughs) so i'm going to talk about mediums you know like the of, Long Island medium of the Long Island variety <laughs> of the Long Island variety. <laughs> um, so if you're not familiar with that television show, um, mediums are people who can supposedly communicate with the spirits. Um, and I can't take credit for this idea at all um, because it is all thanks to probably our biggest fan who isn't in either of our immediate families. Um, my very good family friend and neighbor, Annie. And I think... Ooh. Yeah, Hi, shout Annie. out. <laughs> um, I think she actually got the idea after listening to your story about the Annabelle doll, because I think there was a medium involved there, maybe. Yes, there was. Yes. The, they consulted a medium at first in that yes. story. So moral of the story, um, thank you, Annie, for the wonderful idea and for faithfully listening. She noticed that we didn't put out an episode last week. So. Oh, I'm so sorry, Annie. It's, it's all good. We're, we li- this every time it happens, we're like, oh, no one's going to notice anyways. And then someone always texts like, hey. Yeah, like, where'd you go? But we're back and better than ever, maybe. Um, so I kind of already mentioned it, but what even are mediums? Realistically, and I don't want to be this person, but a lot of them are probably scams. And I don't really want to get into it in this episode because that's not what I'm here to talk about. But just so it's on the on the record, um, a lot of historical mediums have actually been debunked. But there are also quite a few who have not. And that's what I'm really going to focus on today, not the con artists. <laughs> um, so what does a medium do? I was just going to say I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Me too. <laughs> So what does a medium do? Mediums are the mediators between the living and the dead. So they can supposedly communicate with both planes of existence and like facilitate these interactions. And sometimes spirits can even control a medium's body and speak directly through it. And according to Wikipedia, there are two main categories of mediumship. So there's mental mediumship, which is like when they can tune into the spirit world. So it's all based on the medium senses. And then there's something called physical mediums who can supposedly materialize spirits. So the explanation on Wikipedia is kind of like there can be knocking, rapping, bell ringing, etc., cetera, uh, by using ectoplasm created from the cells of their bodies and those of the seance. So, <laughs> this so is one, it kind of like turning spirits? spirits into temporary poltergeists like maybe it's this one when i read the description just seemed very hollywood to me you know like you'd see it in a movie this is for sure where scammers take advantage of the situation i'm pretty sure there are a ton of movies about like fake mediums and you know what i'm talking about you've seen them probably like there i think there's a horror movie where they're like a fake medium but then something's actually haunting them oh no that's um 
yeah that's that movie ouija oh mm-hmm. ouija origin of evil that movie was so oh. scary oh my gosh yeah <laughs> i didn't watch it on purpose um Anyway, the (laughs) mental mediumship, though, is the one that seems like most viable in my mind. But I mean, form your own opinions is all I'm saying. So mediumship isn't by any means a new concept. People have been trying to communicate with the dead since like actually forever. Um, Like I'm talking early human history, BCE. (laughs) There is one account of the witch of Endor raising the spirit of the prophet Samuel And I'm talking the prophet Samuel from like the Hebrew Bible and the Old Testament. So this goes way back. Oh, wow. So that could happen apparently. And mediumship (laughs) got pretty like hot in the 19th century in the U.S. and the U.K. with the rise of spiritualism. Um, And it was huge. Like even scientists were kind of getting in on it and trying to conduct serious research regarding it. Yeah, Um, I've heard a lot of podcasts recently about spiritualism in that time and like how it was such a huge thing and especially the scientific community because science and religion was kind of linked a little bit more at that time (laughs) yeah crazy yeah so it's pretty crazy and that could be like a whole thing by itself i'm sure um but unfortunately um some pretty famous mediums were exposed as using stage magic tricks and people were like all right This is pretty lame. You scammed us. We hate you. Um, So the physical mediumship kind of went out of style, but spiritualism really held on. And spiritualism is still practiced today. And I guess they do demonstrations of mediumship regularly, um, which is interesting. But then there are these private mediums that we know and love to watch on TV. So what are they really doing? Yeah, (laughs) Teresa, we love (laughs) Um, so I mentioned this mental mediumship, which is communicating through telepathy or like the medium senses. So you may have heard the term clairvoyance, um, but they also experience clairaudience and clairsentience. So clairvoyance is the ability to see something that is not physically present. So spirits of people or animals or even objects. And sometimes a medium can like see a person standing next to you as if they were in this plane. And other times they see like a mental movie of whatever the spirit is trying to project. And apparently some mediums just see this all the time, but I guess others have to meditate to get into this state. And then there's clairaudience, which is the ability to hear the voices or inner thoughts of spirits. And again, some mediums can hear it like someone is just like speaking in their ear. Other times it kind of just appears in their mind. It's an interesting one. Um, And then clairsentience is the ability to sense what a spirit wants to communicate. So the way I'm interpreting that is like the spirit gives you a knowing glance and you just know their thoughts, you know, like classic Mm -hmm. movie mind reading. Mm -hmm. That's the way it makes sense in my head. Um, And all of these senses are psychic abilities. So, you know, like all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Yeah. Well... The same goes with psychics and mediums. So all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums, which important distinction to make, apparently. Okay. (laughs) And spiritualists believe that these abilities are the result of external spirit agencies. So it's not as much about the medium, but about the spirits that choose to communicate with them and like guide them to other spirits. But then on the other hand, a lot of other people explain these abilities by claiming mediums have 
super ESP or like the sixth sense that I guess you either have or you don't. So again, a little unclear how exactly it works, but it supposedly does. So are those like spirits around you? Those are like the what people will call like a spirit guide. Because I know yes. in that show they talked about that a lot. Yeah. So that's big in spiritualism, I guess. Um, and didn't write it down, but I'm just going to kind of try to paraphrase what I remember. Basically, they believe that there's one spirit that like comes into your life like kind of attaches onto you and then again like will connect Mm -hmm. you with the other spirits or whatever gotcha okay i think i'm gonna check that before we actually put it in the podcast but um (laughs) it's fine so i kind of chuckled when i was writing this because the wikipedia article that i read the section about like the fraud is longer than all the helpful information (laughs) um okay yeah that's really good and i said it already but i don't want to spend a lot of time on this because That would just be me, like, listing a bunch of names and, like, the cons they pulled. Um, But what I do want to say is, like, honestly, I don't even know how it was a question that these people were fake. Like, the the photographs are so poorly staged. One of them has, like, an actual cardboard cutout that they claimed was a spirit. Um, Oh. And another one. Um. Yeah. Uh, There's another one that shows what they're calling ectoplasm that's literally just a kitchen rubber glove. Like... Oh my god, I've heard about that yeah. one. Where they just like had a glove with like stuff on it. And yeah. Like, it's ectoplasm. It was like a glove and cheesecloth. So yeah. I get like I'm inclined to believe these things, but it's a rubber glove. <laughs> like we all know what that looks like. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> um, so I had intended to talk about some famous mediums now. But after doing a little research, um, as with anyone in the public eye, a lot of them have a lot of heavy criticism uh, that just like follows their TV shows and their supposed abilities. Like everybody wants to spot a fake. So everything these mediums have ever done has been picked apart. So I do want to share one little story that I feel like is interesting. um, And it's kind of hard to, I don't know. I think it's compelling. So There's this guy named Tyler Henry, and he had a show called The Hollywood Medium. It was on E! Oh, is this this the young guy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I never saw his show, but I saw commercials all the time. Yeah, it was, like, really big. I don't know if it's actually still running, but I also saw a lot of commercials, and I might have seen, like, one episode, question mark. Um, But basically, he would meet with celebrities and try to connect with their relatives or friends or any spirit that they were seeking. And in 2016, he did a reading with the late actor Alan Thicke. And in this reading, Tyler specifically brought up a stubborn relative who was warning the actor that he passed away due to a heart problem that could have been treated if they knew about it. So this relative is coming and saying, like, if I had known about it, I wouldn't have died. Like, this is a warning, basically. Mm -hmm. And in December of 2016, so that same year, Thicke passed away due to an aortic dissection at 69 years old so coincidence maybe but many people point to this as like wow he really is a psychic if he predicted this tragedy like he predicted this death so Mm -hmm. it must be real i don't know take it as you will but um apparently in september of 2019 so just over a year ago now the center for inquiries paranormal investigation group challenged tyler henry aka the hollywood medium to prove that he's a psychic and they have this reward of twenty five hundred 
$5,000 to anyone that can demonstrate psychic powers. Oh my God. So here's the thing. If I was a medium, I would be kind of hesitant to do this, especially in front of heavy skeptics. So unsurprisingly, he hasn't agreed. Um, but I do want to point out that this prize is open to anyone. So if telepathy is your secret skill, you know where to secure the bag. And there's actually a lot of prizes to be won in a lot of different countries if you can demonstrate. And every single one of them is unclaimed. Like, I'm not even kidding. There's a lot of money in this. And we might need to start, like, meditating more so we can, like, (laughs) open our mind's eye. Yeah, this podcast is turning into, like, a job board. (laughs) We're offering you guys the Carol Baskin reward money, the psychic reward money. You guys better start writing this stuff down. Seriously. It's this valuable information. Just, we're just doing our best for our listeners, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It was Putting this all together was a little tricky because there is a lot of, like, questionable research done on it. Um, but I did want to share a little anecdote before I go. So, I've actually seen a medium, like, in a group setting. <gasps> no way. So, yeah. And going into... Here's the thing. I really want to buy into the idea. Like, I really want to believe it. And I do not at all think that this guy that we saw was a scam because some of the things he said about other people were, like, alarmingly personal and accurate. Like, things you just can't find out about somebody by searching them beforehand. Like, But what if they were, like, a plant? Well, but so the funny, here's the funny thing. I knew everyone in this group. Like it was like, we called this man to come. I knew every single person there and he didn't actually know who was going to be there beforehand. So even if he wanted to research us, he couldn't, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh yes. This was a very intimate setting. (laughs) It was very interesting. Um, um, so I'm not going to get too into all the details because as I said, it was very personal and emotional, but, um, I mentioned earlier that sometimes spirits can like enter a medium's body and speak through them. And I vaguely remember him putting on some kind of like New York accent when he was talking about a spirit that was with us. But I can't remember if it was like he was imitating them or if the spirit was like within him. But, you know, just interesting. So for some reason, though, this guy, I was sitting there, you know, 20 years old, just hanging. And this guy is convinced that I'm pregnant. Like, apparently, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. wait, okay, you went to a medium within the last two years and didn't tell me? I, like, me? didn't really tell anybody, because he, oh my he I don't know, it was just, like, a, it was an interesting situation, and I had to, like, process it, I guess, for the last two years, but, um, <laughs> so apparently there was a spirit standing over me with a baby carriage, uh, like, a sweet old little baby carriage, and he for sure said it was going to be a boy. And he kept bringing it up. And I was like, like, so he would go to it and I'd be like, I'm not pregnant. And he'd be like, huh. And then he'd like go to someone else. And then he'd come back to me and he'd be like, they're really standing right over you, like indicating that you're pregnant. And I'm like, well, I'm not. And I'm 20 and my mom is here. So like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this doesn't look good for me. Um, so yeah, that's my little encounter with a medium. Would I do it again? probably if I was like ever looking for the kind of like reassurance or closure that some of the other people got that night um Mm -hmm. but if the guy was just going to tell me I was pregnant a bunch of times when I wasn't it was kind of disappointing was anyone pregnant no nobody was pregnant as far as I know Hmm. but I mean it was like there were certain things that he said that you just like things that I didn't even know about some of these people which was very 
very interesting um but i don't know do you buy into the idea i do but okay so i would always watch long island medium (laughs) with my mom and i mean there were just so many episodes of again it's tv so i guess anything can be fake yeah but it was like so convincing and i always thought that like if for some reason my mom god forbid were to die i'd like go to long island and like (laughs) track her down to connect with yeah like with the and then get the medium reading and i don't know i've always wanted to do something like that um but i didn't know that you could like just do it oh you can in a group that's really cool Oh, you can and it'll be like a fun party right wouldn't it and you can do it like privately too i don't know how much they charge but you could go to this guy and be like hey medium me up but here's the thing when you do like private I feel like that would get a little questionable. Like if you're going to this guy, like he's your therapist or something, they're going to start to know things about you. They're going to start to be able to read you. Like that's when it gets a little dicey. But if God forbid anything tragic ever happens, I will go to a medium with you. Okay. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, okay. I, I, am I allowed to do a deep dive on one of your episodes? Like one of your stories? Okay. I think I might, do one later then because i found out recently did i tell you about no, this i don't know i found out recently about um harry houdini <gasps> i love in I love him <laughs> so apparently i don't want to give too much away maybe i won't do a deep dive i'll just tell you now but apparently like he was obviously such an amazing illusionist and mis- magician that and he was also like a spiritualist mm-hmm. so he went around for a huge part of his career um trying to disprove psychics and mediums because he was so good at that yeah and then, but there were mediums that he could not disprove and he believed that they were truly clairvoyants and things like that. So he created this little team of like legit mediums oh my God. and him and they would go to these shows and uncover all these frauds and it was like his big hobby. Oh, I love that. What a multi-talented yeah. guy. <laughs> I know. So there was the deep dive. I'm not going to do an episode uh-huh. now on it because well, I told you everything I know. And <laughs> if you feel so inclined, but that's interesting. And I think one of those um, rewards that I mentioned is from like mm-hmm. something related to him. Uh, so clearly oh. he was on the lookout. That one might have been like closed since he is no longer with us, but it was definitely a thing mm-hmm. at one point. So I don't know. Yeah, he was because he was like he wanted to believe he believed that it was possible, but he also knew that everyone's pretty much you know fake faking yeah it. Hmm. very hmm. interesting well that's so interesting i always now i'm just gonna watch long island <laughs> medium and i've never seen that hollywood medium show but um i always just assumed that that one was like more fake for some reason because it was so hollywood i was I like mean, oh everything in hollywood is fake that's fair but but here's the but thing that whole i was yeah. gonna talk about the long island medium like that was my big play but apparently a lot of people take issue with her. So I just didn't feel like it was uh, right necessarily. But yeah, I do love her. I've heard that too. I am. Uh, well, I I choose to believe that <laughs> she is legit because you can't have that much hair oh and God, not right? be. Oh, it's like, <laughs> why is her hair so big? It's full of it's secrets. full of spirits. <laughs> full of spirits i'm gonna make a meme out of that that yeah that was such a good pre-halloween spoopy spooky story i loved it uh well your story is for sure gonna give me nightmares i'm gonna like wake up to like some glowing woman above my bed and then i'm gonna cry and then i'm gonna call a medium yeah (laughs) 
I just, it makes me think like, what are things that we're doing today that we think are like healthy and good, <sighs> but are bad? Like, you know, obviously like doctors used to smoke, they, people ingested radium. Like, what are we doing? I feel like it's cell phones oh God. or something like technology related, but yeah, you never know. You never until know. Until it's too late. And then you need a, then you need a medium to find out. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> yep. That is an unfortunate, uh connection we just made <laughs> yes well if you would like to see some glowing pictures of these lovely radium girls or if you want to see a picture of Teresa's hair yeah <laughs> or other mediums um check us out on instagram our page is at deviant little darlings give us a follow a like a comment dm <laughs> us if you have any ideas um thanks again annie for that awesome idea Ooh. And you can also email us at deviantlittledarlings at gmail.com. Yeah. And you can always listen to us on any of your favorite platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and anchor.fm slash deviantlittledarlings. Yeah. Thank you guys for uh, oh, yeah. sticking with us with a week absence. We're happy to be back. So happy. And I hope this recording turns out because... <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll all see together. Yep. Live. <laughs> all right. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.